0: Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. Hi guys. Um it's so awesome. Hi, thanks for the waves. This okay, so those of you who don't know me, I'm super interactive. So this whole like speaking and I heard nothing back is a real real difficult. I'm I'm a, I'm a Brown person. We're, you know, we're very like, y'all hear me? No. Yes. Right. So if y'all could throw me like a thumb sign, you know, thumb sign or like, Oh, or like no Jen or like what? So, you know, just, it just, it just helps me kind of gauge where I'm at. Um, another thing, um, I really wanted the opportunity to get to answer and just get to talk to y'all. So, um, tonight, um, in the question box I or in the question box, in the chat box, if you guys want to um, just submit any comments, um, if there's something that you don't feel like sharing publicly, you guys can share it to me privately and kind of let me know like, hey, this is something that I'm going through and I'll, I'll kind of tie it all together as we go along. But um, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the house and uh, a huge thank you for having me. I, I counted an honor um, I freak out inside. Those of you who, who, uh, who don't know me, I am, I am a worshiper first. So I'm usually used to like, you know, singing the songs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the musical end of things and um, speaking actually freaks me out. I'm like, I, you guys can't see the palms of my hands, but I am sweaty, sweaty, sweaty because I'm so nervous, but it's okay because God moves, right? He's sovereign, and he, he. If he can use a domkey, he can use Genesis. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we're about to get started. Um, so, guys, I have known that I was going to speak here for uh, a couple of weeks at least, and um, I, like I said, always kind of, you know, I'm always trying to be aware of. Okay, God, like speak, not Genesis, but God, God. What would you say? What's you know what, you know, what does your heart have for, for the house, for, you know, wherever I'm asked uh, to share or speak or, um, and this one specifically was really, really tough for me. And, um, those of you who, uh, don't know me. And then those of you who do know that, um, I, I'm a person who can experience a lot, but will not necessarily share it. I'm not like the kind of person who's going to be like, Hey, uh, Did you know I just cried two hours ago? And then after that, I crawled into a ball and I got under the covers and I cried some more, like that's not necessarily what my heart is or like, hey, you know, and I admire people that can wear their heart on their sleeve and really just process emotion, process things. And 2020 was that year, right? So there was this pressure of like, okay, Genesis, can you speak for the first week of the year? And just, you know, and then there's this expectation of like, all right, do I get them hyped? Do I speak prosperity? Do I speak like, oh, y'all got this? Or do, and even up until uh, like yesterday, I think it was, um, I think it was either Madison or Danny who were like, okay, Jen, um, hey girl, uh, apologies. Cause I, you know, cause they asked like, hey, you know, can you give us like a brief synopsis of what you're going to speak of? And I was like, (laughs) don't have one yet. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have like 20 things I was like, do it. So I kind of went more for the aspect of speaking from my heart and my experience. Um, and I'm gonna let you guys a little bit into what um, it's kind of looked like for me. And in turn, hopefully it'll be a little relatable to you guys because I know 2020, um, no matter what your walk of life is, all of you felt 2020 spaz something out in your life at one point or another period um for others more than some <laughs> you know we came in 2020 with a job and a family and finances and relationships and others left jobless relationshipless uh, are trying to figure out how to figure out jobs and gosh do i still love him i've seen him 365 days and i can't stand himself <laughs> like i've heard so many things you guys and this is just me being very real you know I know Instagram and social media and all of that shows this really pretty filtered, um, put together highlight reel of our lives. But if you've lived life, like I'm sure you have, you know, that's not, that's not always the case. Right. And, you know, truthfully, um, 2020 was difficult, but the last six weeks of my life have been particularly, um, the word is devastating. That's the best word I could think of, and I really, I'm again, again, I'm a person who who worships not because it's her job, but because it's genuinely the only response that I have. Um, when I'm in pain, when I'm happy, when I'm down, when I'm up, when I'm confused, um, I'm a person who um, sometimes feels that worship. Um, and when I say worship, because um, there are many forms of worship, but musical music, musical worship for me sometimes says the things that I feel like I can't put into words. And, um, and over the last, you know, few weeks, I've experienced a lot of um, devastation. And um, again, this is not anything that's new to anybody. I'm sure everybody in their own way has felt or experienced loss or grief, or sadness, or anxiety, or fear, or uncertainty, and these are things that are just like, be, You know, they're more, they're they're more normal now than than not. You know what I'm saying? And um, as people of faith, as a person who grew up um, n- knowing Jesus all her life, um, I think it's interesting that there's never any aha moment, right? We never, if you grew up in church, if, you know, my dad was a preacher and a minister, my mom was, you know, the daughter of a preacher and, you know, um, a pastor. And so for us, there's never like any kind of like, oh my God, I came to Jesus and then my life drastically changed. Like, no, for us, you know, what do you do when you experience... Sadness or anger or betrayal, and you've always known about Jesus. Um, I think for people who come to Christ, I think that's something that I'm genuinely a little envious of—that a life before Christ, a life before you know that kind of sense of hope, you know that you know that that we're taught. And but along along the way, I did realize there is another kind of awakening when you've even if you've known. Even if you didn't know Christ and then you know Christ and you've known Christ for a little bit and then you hit a bump in the road or you hit like a major left turn that life just seems to throw your way. There is another awakening that happens um, when you experience something that knocks you like that knocks the wind out of you. Um, If you lose somebody um, and and they die, if you're betrayed by someone that you really trusted, if you put your hope in this job and and all of a sudden this year happened and they let you go or something, you know, something clicks in you and you begin to view Christ in a way that's like, okay, your word says that you're good and these songs tell me that You know, God, you're my hope and you're this never ending, everlasting God. And these are the things that you're told. But in the moment, I something that was really difficult for me was I felt guilt for asking questions this year and I felt um, like I was supposed to have it together especially on social media, when someone is looking at you, like if they know that you're a believer, if they know that you are a follower of Christ, when something happens, you know, when something very public happens that makes everybody be super opinionated, you know, politics this year, social justice, um, COVID, um, health, take your pick, something very public where people are extremely polarized. A lot of times I found that people look at Christians or people of faith and they're like, ooh, okay, what are they going to say? How can God fix this? What are they going to feel like this? And it's so crazy because then you feel the pressure to perform. You feel the pressure to say the right thing to do the right thing, to have the Bible verse, to have that little cool, like cliche that says, boom, God's promises answer it all. And then somebody's waiting for it. And it's, and it was this pressure to perform to a certain degree that I was like, I don't have the answers. And on top of not having the answers on top of everything that's publicly going on internally, I'm devastated. I'm feeling grief. I'm mourning something. And I can't I feel like I can't talk about it because everybody expects me to immediately be like, Oh, I don't feel pain because I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. And so I really had to dive in and remind myself of some situations where we're taught that grieving something is okay. Okay. Being crushed and being pressed and feeling confused and kind of trying to navigate is okay. Okay. Um, I read something really, really cool um, specifically on some examples where Jesus experiences and handles and teaches that it's okay to deal with grief. Um, in the book of Matthew, um, it talks about Jesus losing his friend, Lazarus. And even though he knew Lazar, like he was going to bring Lazarus back to life, he still cried. He mourned his friend. He felt pain and it was okay for him to grieve in fact it was okay for him to separate himself and want to retreat to another place to experience that another example is when jesus is about to be crucified and he's in the garden of gethsemane and it says that he sweat blood that he was so stressed he was so anxious as the son of god about to be slaughtered as the lamb he called out to his father and he said father if you can have this cup this responsibility this thing pass for me like take it from me i don't want it and i can it 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 hits home because there was a couple of instances um over these past few weeks where i prayed a similar prayer i said god i don't want this this hurts this 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 is killing me inside. This is devastating me inside. Like, where are you? You know, where are you? And I think it's really interesting that a lot of times, because it's not the word that teaches but it's the church sometimes. When I say the church, I mean the four walls. Common theology is, or sometimes encourages, that we cannot question. And that is not true, that you cannot question, you cannot ask your father. Your father, let me tell you something about the incredible goodness of God, that God can handle questions. God can handle questions. And I got to a place where, again, as a person who's lived this life all her life, as a person who is a declarer of truths over people several times, like my life consists of me either writing songs or singing truths. I, 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 when I say truths, I mean songs essentially that are faith-based, usually nine times out of ten, declare truth over people. They declare God's goodness over people. They declare God's sovereignty over situation. So if you take my mentality as, as oh, our mentality, because even if you're not a worship leader, you are still a worshiper no matter where you're at. I don't care if you're singing or you're playing or you're in your car, you're in the shower, or you're at work. If you're, if you're declaring something a truth about God, you're worshiping, period. So as a believer, as a worshiper, when you're declaring these things over someone like me, where this is my job, this is what I do as a living, you know, it, I got to this place where I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm believing what I'm singing right now. I don't know if I believe it because I, I, I'm seeing the complete opposite. What has been spoken over me and what has been promised over me does not match my present. So what do you do when your present and your promise don't align? When your presence says pain, when your presence says devastation, when your presence says loneliness, when your presence says chaos and, you know, sickness and isolation. And, and then the promise says, Oh, I'm going to give you a, you know, I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to be here with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm, I'm, you know, when you see one, one, one pair of footprints in the sand in your loneliest times, that was me carrying you all these things that you kind of hear throughout. And you're like, okay but i'm not seeing any of that and i got to this place where i really began to say or to like subconsciously lose hope i was like i don't know if this certain situation in my life is ever going to change because god you don't know it's been this way for such a long time that i don't know if it can really change and a lot of people don't expect Someone who's been in this, in this journey, in this faith walk, if you want to call it Christianity. I'm, I'm, de- I'm, I'm a person that really believes in relationship over religion because religion will let you down. Relationship is personal. That doesn't change. This stays like this relation, but religion goes up and down. It's like the stock market. Some days you'll win. Some days you lose. Some days you qualify. Some days you don't. Sometimes you dress for it. Sometimes you're not. So, you know, religion and relationship, but when you've lived this life and I call it my life of relationship and I'm like, okay, God, I don't know if I believe that this can change anymore. And there was a point in my prayer, in my grief, in my acknowledgement that I was like, okay, I'm not okay. That I, one of the closest things that my father told me was like, test me, test me. And I'm going to explain that because it's not a popular thing. I actually don't think I've ever heard anybody say that um, as a person of faith, because God is, God is this almighty, reverent, powerful, omnipresent higher being that create that, that spoke and light existed that spoke and the waters were created. And you, you kind of grow up with the, you know, with the greatness that he is. And I never felt anyone speak to me that way and dare me kind of and tell me test me then i can handle your questions i can handle your grief i can handle your frustration i can handle your sadness i can handle i can handle i can you know and you know scripturally when i really began to read um about jesus asking his father, you know, if you can take this cup and pass it, like, I don't, I'm good. I know everybody's life is on the line for the rest of humanity, but you know, this pain that I'm about to feel, I'm scared. And the humanness of what Jesus felt in that moment became so real to me because well, while I was praying, um, there was a song that my sister and I wrote earlier this year um, that's called, I am. Um, and it is a revelation of that time in our lives where we were like, "Who are you? I've lost, I've lost sight of who you are," and you feel like you're being crushed over and over and over. And this year felt like this perpetual crushing. And every time I got up for like a breath of air, it was like, boom, like another one, another. And it was one of those things where God began to work on my heart and really helped me rediscover what pressing and crushing look like, what that meant scripturally, what that meant theologically, what that meant to me as a human being, as a believer in Christ who was gonna do this for the rest of her life. You think, okay, when you sign up for Jesus and you say, okay, I'm going to accept him into my life. It doesn't mean, okay, accept me and it's going to be sunshine and butterflies. Accept me and you're never going to experience pain. Accept me and it's going to be, um, and it's going to be prosperity and it's going to be promise and soaring and you're going to be good. No, God said, pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus describes this walk of faith as a cross because it's a daily dying to ourselves when we are born when when um when sin entered mankind with with Adam and Eve it would set it it would set the stage for what's like our na- our, our nature would be as human beings our nature as human beings is to fail our nature as human beings is to Um, Listen to our flesh. Listen to what we're feeling. Listen to what we're looking at. Listen to what, you know, everybody is telling you to believe and see and do. Right. And so that's the human part of us. And that is normal. And that is okay. I'm here to tell y'all that it is okay to fall short. That's why we have a hope. That is why we have Jesus. And I don't want I, I don't want it to get twisted that just because you're feeling grief or because I'm explaining that I went through this crushing and this pressing that, oh, I don't know if I want this. I'm about to lead you on to the next section. So the process of crushing is not permanent. Crushing is gonna, if you, if you think of it in the aspect of a grape, a grape before it's turned into wine, before it can even become wine, you can't just leave a grape put it on a table, allow it to ferment and become wine. A grape has to be what? Pressed. A grape has to be pressed. It has to be pressed over and over. If you're making it, do I have any bakers? Anybody who bakes, cooks? Nobody? I don't see hands raised, dang, nobody? you all left me hanging. Okay, well, in case you didn't know, when you're making really, really, really good biscuits, you have to break down the dough. In order to in order to break down the dough, there's even in a mixer it doesn't work the same. The only way it happens is if you knead it, and when you knead it, you're applying pressure over and over and over. I say una tortilla, okay, same, same. It doesn't get to its shape without any kind of pressure, pressure, pressure. And this is the grand. Trust. This is the grand trust plan that our Father has with us. Jesus says that I that, that He will not crush us for fun. Crushing builds character. Crushing produces wine. Crushing produces purpose. Um, when you're pressed by God, you are pressed into power. You are propelled into power because if you can be pressed, then you can be trusted with whatever God is going to hand you next. And I guarantee you that whatever is coming next will not have been entrusted to you until you experienced the humility of being pressed. Another aspect I actually heard about this that was kind of like a, oh, like Eureka, because I was thinking like, okay, God, I'm being pressed, I'm being crushed. Like, I'm tired of being pressed. I'm tired of being crushed. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm tired. That's really where I was at. And it was crazy because when I look at my life and the specific areas in my life that are my pressing areas, these are areas in me that really, really kind of like broke me down to my foundation. And I feel like God had to press all that out of me and I had to start all over again. And an area for me specifically was like my relationship with my father. That's a tough one for me because it was as a woman, It is absolutely formative for us to learn how we are going to be loved by a person who's going to protect us, a person who's going to teach us, a person who's going to show us what the man in our life eventually is going to look like. And and I realized it also was going to show itself in how I accepted my Heavenly Father's love for me. And I thought, oh, I'm done with this. Oh, okay. I was... Nineteen twenty, I surrendered that. I gave it to God and, you know, and I began to do ministry full time. And it was crazy because I, we began to talk to young girls um, at youth conferences, events. We would write songs and we would do different events where we could meet young women. And God began to show me, this is why I broke you down here. This is why I pressed you here so that your pain, your pressing, your crushing would make you akin to somebody who's gone through what you've gone through. And you no longer speak from a textbook because you you read it somewhere. You're now speaking from experience you're now speaking from a place where you say, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been where you've been. And if I can make it here, then you can make it here. And if God brought me up here, then he can bring you up there. And if God elevated me to this place and he trusted me with this and he can trust you with this. And so from, from the experience of the crushing, you learn that no pain is wasted with our Father. There's no experience. There's nothing too big. There's nothing so devastating that God does not eventually use, not only for his own glory, but for other people. Because news break, it's not just about you. It's not just about what you're going through. This life of picking up our cross, when we say our cross, the cross is the emblem of Christianity, and it symbolizes sacrifice because it is not just about Jesus. It's what Jesus did for us. It's not just about your experience. It's what God is using through your experience and how others are going to get to see Jesus and God and the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God through you, through your experience. And I really wanted to encourage you with that because I feel like sometimes in in Western society, all the songs that we sing, all the things that we say is like, God, how are you going to, oh, me, Oh, like the overwhelming, reckless love of God for me. And you search for me and the shadow doesn't, it doesn't hide from me. And that's great. It is an aspect of what God came to do for us, but it's so much bigger. If you follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, even amidst his grief, when he lost his cousin, John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was beheaded. It was a horrible way to go. And John the Baptist was uh, the greatest of all men that Jesus said. He said, this man was the greatest of all men. He was his closest friend, um, his, you know, like a brother. And Jesus went away to someplace desolate. He, you know, the word says um, a place of desolation so he could go and grieve this thing that would like, and the same day he had to go and, um, heal the sick. And he could have easily turned inward and said, I can't, I time out because this is just my pain and me and I, and me. And so part of the crushing and the pressing is so that at the end of the day, no matter what you're going through, No matter what people see on social media, no matter what, how many tears you've cried the night before, God will always get the glory. Because if they don't see it in him, because a lot of times, even now, people by popularity aren't reading their Bible, right? It's a statistic that people aren't really opening and and then much even less opening a book. Like everything is, is, is our phones, right? Everything is like these cool little, like Instagram cliches, like, Ooh, like God's got you boom sharing that post. And that's their theology for the day. Like that is for some people that's, you know, that's kind of where it is. But although people are not reading their Bible, they are reading you daily every day when you think that they're not watching. And although I don't promote, portraying a perfect life. I do promote portraying an authentic life. An authentic life says, I'm struggling. But because I'm struggling, I want to reach out. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? Hey, I'm in this. And I heard that you're dealing with the same thing. I understand your pain. Why don't we pray for each other? Why don't we do this thing called life together? And all of a sudden, the crushing is a process and it's not permanent the crushing is not the end the crushing is the process to which we get to a place where we can soar and we can get closer to the promises of god we can get closer to this place where we know god's heart for us where we know god's heart for his people and it's amazing to me if you're going through anything and this is what i kind of wanted to say if you wanted to pop it in the chat if you guys have any questions i know I've shared this with a couple friends, and it's been the kind of thing where I really love to get to share, because not everybody agrees. Not everybody's like, well, I haven't seen God's goodness. What do I do when I haven't seen it? What do I do when I haven't felt it? What do I do when, when, when what this book is teaching me and what I'm seeing don't align? And it's such a beautiful thing because God is the hope and the firm foundation. But God also says, give me those questions. Cast your cares. Cast your cares to me. I can handle. Test me. The father is so ready. The father is so willing that he says, come to me. I am the great I am. I am the God. I am the same miracle working God that split the seas and turned water into wine and brought about the seven plagues and brought about healing to the dead man. And I brought sight to the blind person. I am the same miracle working God of 2000 years ago. I am the same God today. Come to me. Test me. Give me those questions. Give me those things that you're afraid of. Give me those failed relationships that you're afraid will not be mended again. Give me that family situation that you're like, this is never going to change. It's been like this for generations. It's because that's how it is. It doesn't have to be like that. You are not alone in this. You are not alone in this. And your anointing and your calling and your purpose walks hand in hand with your crushing. The crushing is temporary. But the weight of what God has given you and only you, because one of the most beautiful things about the God that we serve is that he created us individually and uniquely. I couldn't, I, I can't do what Danny does. I can't do what Madison does. I can't do what Heather does better than they can do it, period. I don't care what anybody says. It's like, oh, yeah, but I write and she writes. She probably writes better. No, she doesn't have the same stories to tell that you do. He doesn't come from the same upbringing that you do. He doesn't have the same um, um, uh, perspective or vantage point. He's not a mother. He's not, you know, she's not a father. So no, they can't tell the, you know, the stories the same way that you can. And one of the biggest tricks, one of the oldest tricks that the enemy will use, you know, will use is really to attack your identity and make you think that the crushing is attached to something that you're not doing. But let me tell you something, you are not that powerful. You're not powerful enough to destroy God's calling on your life. You're not powerful enough to disrupt God's anointing on your life. You are not powerful enough to stop the God of the ages from speaking breath and life into your situation to turn it around completely. You are not that powerful. And I'm grateful that we are not that powerful because in our dependence would no longer be on God, it would just be on us. So tonight, I really invite you to, to, to look that circumstance in your mind. I know, I know it's 2021 already, but I'm going to speak, you know, just touch on it. But as the last few hours have been unfolding, you're reminded, okay, some stuff is just not going to go away yet. We didn't get like a master, like December 31st to January, you know, it's January 1st. Oh, it's all new. And it's, you know, everything's going to sparkle. And no, that's not how this is going to be, but we do have a trust and we do have a hope. We do have this permanent, amazing, eternal, uh, weighted glory that we can turn our eyes to, even when we're asking questions, even when you're in the middle of, of, of the road and you don't know which way to go. Like your, your praise is your weapon in that moment. God, we will still bless your name. God, I look to you and I, 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 I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know that you do. And so trust and believe tonight that your pre- like you're pressing and you're crushing is is divinely attached to your purpose and to your calling and to your anointing and that nothing that happens can come and disrupt that. Nothing that happens can come and um, sway that period period. That's God's track record over and over and over again throughout scripture, throughout um, my life, in your life. I speak that blessing over you guys tonight, that nothing is powerful enough to disrupt God's calling on your life. So if you feel tonight that you are burdened with fear, if you're asking questions, if you're uncertain, if you're wondering if that thing is going to, you know, if that relationship is going to come back, if those finances are going to be, you know, if that job situation, if that, if that. Um, you know, relationship with your mom or your dad or your brother or your uncle or your friend—if that thing is going to continue to to etch away in pain or fear—I would encourage you and dare you to give it to God and to ask God, God, I I'm testing you. I need you to show me what this looks like through your eyes, what this looks like, how I process it. And let the crushing and the pressing turn into power and into promise, because it does lead there. That is God's track record. That is what He wants for your life. So I hope that this has been able to shed some light and allowed you to turn some um, some crazy things that are happening in the world and in your life around, because He is the constant thing. He is He is He is the most constant thing that you can rely on and put your faith in.